You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the OTI Podcast. It's week 17. Looking forward to getting it into you. I guess I better say, Happy New Year. Start off the show in the right manner. Hopefully you had a good uh, 2015. Hopefully 2016 is going to be even better. And like here at the Overtime Ireland Podcast, hoping for a big year this year. Obviously we're getting into the playoffs very, very shortly. We're at week 17, last week of the regular season. Looking very much forward to the playoffs getting started. I'm looking forward to this week uh, because as a Packers fan, you got the Packers versus the Vikings. But, you know, a lot of teams around the league, not all that much to play for this week but we're going to be talking about the games coming up in just a little moment i'm going to be joined on today's show by marcus grant of nfl fantasy live among nfl.com's content he is the editor there and so much more looking forward to talking to him obviously the fantasy season not all that much to play for this week but we're going to be looking back at the season who was the fantasy stars of the year who were the surprises the waiver wire pickups that could have won you the league and so on who were the guys that you drafted early on and uh, did not work out for you and there was quite a few of those and i know everyone listening is shaking their heads yeah whoever you took in the first round probably didn't work out all that well for you this season if he did work out uh, you'll probably have your uh, fantasy championship in the bag last week some people will be playing week 17 i have one week 17 league uh, that the final is split over two weeks i'm not a big fan of the week 17 leagues and we'll be talking about that in a moment too um, but thankfully actually that this one is two weeks because if it was last week only i would have actually lost so uh, it gives me another little bit of a chance to uh, scrape back into it and maybe come away with another championship trophy this this week as always starting the show thanks for tuning in thanks for listening keep spreading the word off the overtime ireland podcast the ota podcast indeed and uh, give us a rating and a comment on itunes stitcher tune in we're available in all those formats we're available on many more but they are the most popular uh, that we get listened to on you can also listen to us on overtimeireland.com and on overtimeireland.com there is a link uh, there with the podcast gives you all the different ways to listen quick links get yourself subscribed up free every week two shows a week during the season we'll see if it's two during the uh, postseason probably will be and then probably go to one during the off season we'll see how things go and uh, as most of you know if you're long-time listeners i'm down in melbourne australia the last couple of months and i will be here uh, all the way through to the end of the season at least and um you know it is uh, a couple hours ahead here off everywhere else in the world and i'm recording this at 9 a.m new year's day so up bright and early uh, i'll keep it short and sweet we'll get straight into the interview now with uh, marcus grant and uh, let's talk some fantasy football want to know who's going to win every nfl game this weekend it's time for the oti weekend preview Joining the podcast now for the first time, I'm delighted to, to say a big fan of his on NFL.com and NFL Network, big part of the Fantasy Live coverage over there and the Fantasy Editor, editor as well on the website. It's uh, Marcus Grant of NFL.com. Pleasure to have you on the show. I'm glad you invited me. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, as I mentioned just before we started, uh, New Year's Eve with you uh, stateside. I'm down here in Australia. It's uh, New Year's Day, so I uh, suppose Happy New Year to anyone listening in Australia. And, uh, of course, Happy New Year by the time you listen to this, probably, in America as well. But uh, with the new year comes uh, a lot of different playoff implications, a lot of stuff. Usually week 17, we are talking about all the different scenarios of what can happen, what might happen, who's going to get in and who's not going to get in. But with how it has fallen this year, basically, uh, there's one spot up for grabs in the uh, AFC nothing really up for grabs other than seeding in the NFC but we'll talk through the games see what we've got going on 
I mentioned all the stuff that Marcus is involved with fantasy-wise and most fantasy football seasons finished up last week. Hopefully, Marcus, you came away with a few championships to go with it. But uh, some some leagues still can't figure out why they do eventually go on to week 17. But uh, if you can't finish up in week 16, always better. But a couple of leagues going on, so we might tell you who to start and sit because it can be a difficult week, Marcus, this week with uh, you know teams resting players, teams saving players maybe in the second half. It's just It can be a tough one to call. Exactly, which is why, you know, it just doesn't make sense. I, I, I tell people all the time, if you have a league that plays in Week 17, you should fire your commissioner, get a new one, because it, it doesn't make sense. It, it, it penalizes the good team so often because you have a lot of players, generally on playoff teams, yeah. that may not play, and so suddenly you are at a disadvantage just because your team happened to be really good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with the, the scenario I mentioned, we have the Jets in the sixth seed at the moment. Uh, the Texans obviously look to be all but in with all the stuff that the Colts need to happen. So I think we can nearly say that the Texans are in, in that four seed. The one that's uh, up for grabs is the Steelers and the Jets, really, uh, the Chiefs qualifying last week. So what the Jets, they are traveling to Buffalo to face the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, I mentioned some games don't have a lot on the line this week. This could be potentially the game of the week because we have Rex Ryan facing off against the New York Jets, who he coached for so many years up until last season. And then uh, the Jets need to win to guarantee getting in. So... Uh, it's going to be an interesting game. The Jets, with the win over the Patriots last week, should be full of confidence, but they haven't had a good record against the Bills over the last uh, three or four seasons, and Buffalo is never an easy place to go. Uh, no win guaranteed in this one. Yeah, certainly, especially this time of year. No one really wants to go to Buffalo in, no. in late December, early January. It's going to be cold. It, you know, there, there could be snow on the ground. And, of course, you know, for Rex, because this season hasn't gone the way that he would have expected or the way the fans would have expected, you know, they're doing their best to drum up excitement. And they're talking about this is their Super Bowl. And, and we'll see. I mean, for the Jets, for the Jets, there is actually something on the line. I mean, yeah. you, you talk about it. There is a playoff spot on the line for them. So they do have some actual non-manufactured motivation for this sort of thing and so you know I, I expect them to come out and play well I do think they're going to get a win even though it, it should be a very competitive football game but I, I just think that with the way their offense has been playing all year long and the fact that they still are one of the better defensive teams in the league uh, I think they will find enough to, to pull out a win this week yeah and you know Rex Ryan Jets fans will know him all too well from his time in New York uh, you know he loves to play the spoiler on that last weekend of the season he's done it so many times and you talked about it being the, the Bills Super Bowl well Rex Ryan must have three or four Super Bowls a season unfortunately for the teams that he's coaching he can't get them to the, to the actual Super Bowl but uh, you know I think I have to agree with you I think with the way the Jets have been playing uh, they've pulled off a couple of big wins the last few weeks got the win on the road against the Cowboys although they are depleted and then got the win against the Patriots in overtime last week so they have been uh, coming up straight Strong and they got a little bit of luck last week with the Steelers losing as well. Uh, in that scenario, the Steelers are the other side that are, you know, coming up this week. And you know, it's it's really it is still, I suppose, in their hands. They must win. They're playing the Cleveland Browns. They're at Cleveland, but we've seen again another divisional matchup to decide week seventeen. Divisional matchups can go anyway. We've seen that last week with a couple of different games. Mentioning the Steelers who lost to the Ravens, the Steelers against the Browns. I can't really see anything other than the Steelers winning this, but. A win and with the result last week just not, mightn't be enough. And two or three weeks ago, we were talking about nobody wanted to face the Steelers. Well, the AFC teams that are in the playoffs might get their uh, dream come true. Nobody might have to face them. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, and and I think the the Steelers may look back if they don't make the playoffs. They are certainly going to look back at last week's loss to the Ravens, but even an earlier season loss to the Ravens too. Um, I mean, here it is a team that really struggled, had injuries all year long, and somehow they take two games from Pittsburgh that could end up being a big, big difference. 
you know, I, I do expect Pittsburgh to go out and just roll over Cleveland, especially because Johnny Manziel is not playing. They're going to start Austin Davis, presumably at quarterback this week. So that seems tailor-made for a Steeler win. Then again, we said the same thing last week, that everything seemed tailor-made for a Steeler win against Baltimore. But, you know, again, if they end up coming up one game short of the postseason, I think they'll look back, you know, probably on those couple of games against the Ravens, games that they probably should have won both times, and, uh, and wonder, you know, where did things go wrong? Yeah, and, you know, uh, just a warning for the Jets fans out there thinking, you know, it's an easy one end of season. You do see so many times in the uh, divisional matchups these crazy scenarios play out exactly like last week. So even with Steelers fans, you cannot count your chickens yet on a, a win in this game against the uh, the Browns. But I think it's going to be a win for the Steelers, and I think it's going to be a win for the Jets. And with that scenario, the Jets would get in. Uh, we kind of, I thought I, I meant to start the uh, the show with it, but the news that Chip Kelly was uh, fired by the Philadelphia Eagles uh, during this past Last week, uh, since I done the last podcast, and um, you know, it was something that kind of we might have thought could have happened on uh, so-called Black Monday after the end of the season. The Eagles getting a little bit of a jump start, maybe in their coaching search. But even with that, even with how the season had gone and all the, the stories coming out about how the personnel and players didn't really get on that well with Chip, I still think three years in with what he had achieved over those first two seasons, I think it uh, might have been still a little bit too much of a, a kind of gung-ho move but maybe things just were that drastic in the locker room and around the team yeah and i think that's that's kind of the prevailing theory is that you know there may be something and we may not hear it for a long time but eventually we may hear a story of some sort of clash with ownership because it is a little bit surprising that yeah. you know here it is they, they had been to the playoffs a couple years in a row uh and yes this year was certainly a disappointment i don't think there's any way around that but just on in his third year to get rid of him so quickly do it you know before the tuesday before the final game of the regular season it just it caught everybody by surprise so i think everybody's waiting for the other shoe to drop to figure out what exactly went wrong between chip kelly and ownership that made this such uh, a you know drastic move that that had to be made so quickly yeah it'll be interesting too he has said all along that he wants to stay in the nfl it'll be interesting to see you know there is scenarios being tossed around if he gets a job instantly if he gets maybe in with the the titans down there with marcus mariota all the talk before the draft of getting linked up with mariota and then you have uh, cleveland who probably will be looking for a new head coach and there's talk that he likes johnny manziel so we'll see what happens uh, going forward i think we will see him back in the nfl i think he does have something to offer we see with a lot of coaches sometimes they come in in their first couple of years we've seen it with Pete Carroll we've seen it with Bill Belichick maybe come in and a little bit headstrong don't want to listen to any other ideas from outside influences and then uh, when they come back in maybe a bit more mature get uh, get some more of those thoughts on board kind of a more rounded uh, team because just uh, the thing with you know going with and doing all the personnel I think it might have been just too much on Chip Kelly's plate Um, looking at the other Coaches probably on hot seats. Uh, the Eagles this week play in the New York Giants. I think uh, it's hard to imagine Tom Coughlin back next season with them. And uh, this weekend could have been a spectacular weekend for the uh, NFC East with the Redskins also playing at the Dallas Cowboys. The Redskins now with the division wrapped up, it really means nothing. But it could have been a spectacular weekend if uh, the teams had all stayed on board for one more week. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, I mean, it was um, it was kind of a, a comedy of errors in the NFC East this year because you know. Nobody wanted it. None of the teams were really great for most of the year. Washington figured out uh, enough. I mean, you know, thank Kirk Cousins for really figuring things out over the yeah. last month, and that, that went a long way toward helping it. But, yeah, it went from being uh, potentially a really explosive weekend to really being kind of a dud since neither of these games really matter for anything. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if there's even point in picking winners in these games. We might skip over predictions and that those two games. Uh, I mentioned... Um, 
the Jets, uh, you know, beating the Patriots last week. The Patriots travel to Miami this week, and they're pretty much uh, severely banged up. Uh, offensive line, uh, defensively give up a lot of yards on the ground last week. It's just been a, a tough end to season, but they're hoping to get that bye week, that home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and they can do that this week with a win over the Miami Dolphins in Miami. And, you know, the Dolphins, we thought it a few times this season, and they did bounce back, but I think at this stage, uh, the bags are packed, the holidays are booked, and they're just re- waiting to get out of <laughs> get the season finished. Yeah, I think so. And, and, you know, Miami is one of the bigger disappointments. I mean, I think everybody looks at what happened with Philadelphia and they kind of take the cake in that in that respect. But uh, I think there was a lot more expected from the Miami Dolphins this yeah. year. And they, you know, they obviously fired Joe Philbin early in the season. They, they had the one very temporary boost with Dan Campbell, but that didn't last very long. And, and this, the offense is a mess. The defense hasn't been very good. There are a lot of problems down there. And so, you know, I, I would expect, I'm, I'm very curious to see what Bill Belichick does with his group, knowing that he can lock up home field advantage with a win, but also knowing that this is a group that has suffered a ton of injuries yeah. and you want to try to keep as many guys healthy for the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I, I would think if the Patriots can somehow run out to a good lead in the first half, you won't see Tom Brady and those guys come out in the second half. But I, I think it's going to be really interesting how Bill Belichick plays this in, in this game. Yeah, because there is a big difference, obviously, in that second seed and the first seed. So I think, as you mentioned, go go all out in the first half and see how things are going then on the Miami Dolphins side of the ball just thinking of some players this season you know who have been disappointing or maybe frustrating I don't think he's been disappointing this season but uh, Lamar Miller I owned a lot of Lamar Miller in a lot of different leagues this season and uh, <laughs> you, you and know, me both he's, yeah, he's had he's had uh, so many games where you know he's been amazing he had a couple of games I think it was against the Texans where he had an absolutely ridiculous game uh, one of the weeks when uh, Campbell came in as the head coach but he's had a couple of games that one that just rings true with me uh, and Infuriatingly, was uh, one of the playoff weeks when they faced off against the the Giants uh, three or four weeks back, and he had a monster first half, two TDs, and then they didn't really give him the ball at all in the second half. We've seen that a lot with the way they've gone with the run game this season. He's out of contract uh, this uh, off season as well, so it'll be interesting to see. They seem to be trying to see what they have in JIJE at the moment. But players like that, uh, Lamar Miller, any other players around the league that you have found uh, quite frustrating this playoff season or this uh, fantasy football season, rather? Well, I mean, not to harp on the Eagles, but I think a lot of them have really been frustrating. DeMarco Murray, Sam Bradford, Jordan Matthews for much of the year was disappointing. And and I think you could say the same thing about the Packers offense. I mean, you know, I I think we all expected that they would have problems when Jordy Nelson was hurt, but I don't think any of us expected it to be this bad. You know, Eddie Lacy, whether it's, you know, whether it's his weight issues, whether it's just something going on with the offensive line, Eddie Lacy has been a big disappointment. The rest of the wide receivers have struggled to get open, which has impacted Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the Packers used to be, for fantasy, one of those go-to teams where you could pick one of their players and feel like you were going to be okay week in and week out. This week, or this year, it hasn't been the case to the point that there have been weeks where we have just... Just recommended not playing Aaron Rodgers, which, you know, in the past few years would have been unthinkable, but that's kind of where we are now. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Eddie Lacy there, and I mentioned Lamar Miller. If you look back at the first round of draft picks this year in particular, you know, a lot of running backs in there. Really and truly, only Adrian Peterson has probably delivered on what you're expecting. And probably, even though he is Adrian Peterson and he has been playing well, probably still below what you're hoping to get from that maybe first or second overall pick. You've guys like Bell, who, through no fault of his own, his injury and the suspension prior to that, he was playing well in between those spots. Uh, Jamal Charles, Eddie Lacy, uh, Lamar Miller, just so many players. CJ Anderson. <laughs> like, if you look at that first round, pretty, pretty dismal. Um, it's, been a, it's been a tough year all around for injuries and particular but running backs uh, has been tough it's been more so the guys that went uh, no RB at the start that probably have had success this season 
Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, a lot of the guys that you look at in the, in the top uh, ranks of scoring for running backs were guys you probably got off the waiver wire or at least late in drafts. I mean, Devontae Freeman was one of those guys. Doug Martin was a guy that people didn't really think uh, very highly of but yeah. played very well. Um, you know, when you look at the first round picks, you're right. It has been a disappointment. I would say that, you know, one of the more consistent guys has been you know, Antonio Brown, who probably went at the end of a lot of first rounds. Um, even, But even, you know, Calvin Johnson, Des Bryant, a lot of those guys who, even if they crept into the second round or what have you, just didn't produce. I mean, it was a year where you know, all of us who study this sort of stuff and look at it day in and day out at some point just kind of threw up our hands in frustration because <laughs> there was no rhyme or reason to why things went the way way they went it was just it just seemed to be one of those years where the fantasy gods were intent on reminding us that we really truly know nothing uh, yeah hopefully it's uh, an anomaly more than uh, the the rule going forward hopefully in the, the coming years will look like we know something but it was a tough year and you mentioned des bryant uh, you know there was a, a couple of weeks there in the playoffs when we were given recommendations on who to start and sit and it just felt so crazy and not to start des bryant and some of the names we were coming up with to start ahead of him at the start of the season we would have never saw that coming you mentioned the packers game obviously they're at home this week playing the Minnesota Vikings winner wins the division but going forward it's hard to know uh, what that'll mean Uh, the loser likely faces the Redskins the winner likely has a home game then against the Seattle Seahawks so winning this might uh, cost you in the long term but both teams will want uh, to win the division and have the bragging rights Uh, the Vikings last week with an absolute blowout win over the Giants in Sunday night football the Giants had nothing really to play for at that point with the division already being wrapped up and you also had the the situation where Odell Beckham was suspended talking about a tough fantasy playoff seasons if you're missing him for your week 16 final matchup a tough blow for your fantasy lineup but uh, the Packers they can uh, haven't been as strong at home this season as they have been in previous years but the Vikings have been playing really good football the last couple of weeks uh, it's an interesting matchup I am a Packers fan it's one that uh, I think could be a tough matchup for the Packers but if they're going to get the season on track at some point uh, they really need to start doing it soon yeah, if they're going to do it, uh, you know, no better time no like the time. present to get that thing done. Um, you know, I, I like what I've seen out of the Vikings. You know, Teddy Bridgewater struggled for most of the year, but he seems to have kind of figured something out in the last few weeks. And he's not spectacular, but he's been just good enough to, to help this team win. Uh, you know, defensively, I think the Packers are, or the, the Vikings rather, are very underrated. I think they've got one of the better defenses in the league. Yeah. They don't get mentioned in same in the same breath as the Panthers or the Chiefs or the Broncos or what have you. But I think they're just as good as those groups. I, I think the difference in this one, honestly, is going to be the venue. The fact that they're playing this game at Lambeau Field, I think, may make the difference. And, you know, look, for as frustrating as the Packer offense has been I still believe in Aaron Rodgers and I still believe in his ability to do special things in big situations and so I think he will figure out a way in a big game to to win this thing and you know and I think for the TV networks they would love the idea of having the Seahawks come to Lambeau Field in the playoffs after what happened in the NFC Championship game last year it's it's made for TV magic is what I consider it yeah and uh, I hope you're right I hope the Packers do win this week it's going to be a tough one against that Vikings defense you mentioned they're kind of underrated some of the players that they have coming back from injury Linval Joseph has missed a couple of games and they've just been pretty beat up all around but it looks like looking at the training reports so far this week they're either limited or back in practice so it looks like they'll be full go for the game on Sunday same with Adrian Peterson um it's going to be it's going to be interesting the other game in that 
kind of side that's going to be interesting is the Cardinals and the Seahawks. The Cardinals have been dominating. They're kind of in the same position maybe as we were talking about with the Patriots. Do you rest players? Do you go with them all in? Because, you know, it just takes one big injury in uh, Week 17 to derail that whole playoff push. But they still could finish as the number one overall seed. They would need the Panthers to lose. But uh, I think pretty much NFC is pretty much wrapped up. And then the Broncos, on the other hand, with that win uh, last week. There was a strange scenario in that game last week when it went to overtime that if the Broncos had lost, there was a possibility that they would have lost out and uh, getting into the playoffs altogether could have missed out in the wild card so thankfully for them they are in and uh, so are the Bengals the Texans probably the surprise uh, story this season um, you know getting into the playoffs and we talked as well about uh, Bridgewater a minute ago there's a guy here on the uh, AFC side of things doing a very similar job and his name is Alex Smith the Chiefs on a real roll started the season one and five one nine straight now uh, do you think the Chiefs going forward could be a realistic uh, possibility in that AFC or do you think that's going to be a step too far you talked about the Vikings defense another defense not talked enough about is the Kansas City Chiefs no I agree and you know you talked about the earlier that the, the teams in the AFC don't necessarily want to see the Steelers and, and they very well may get their wish I don't know that a lot of teams really want to mess around with the Kansas City Chiefs right now and, and not because they're some juggernaut offensively but because of what they do on defense that They've done a really good job shutting teams down. They they get after the quarterback with the guys up front, especially if Justin Houston is back and healthy again for the playoffs. They can really do some damage. I don't know that they're good enough to make a run to the Super Bowl, but I think on any given week, the Chiefs are good enough to really ruin somebody else's day. And so that's yeah. a team that right now you, you don't want to deal with. And I think the comparison between Alex Smith and Teddy Bridgewater is fitting simply because they're guys who are – they're generally not going to lose the game for you. They may not win it for you, but they're certainly not going to lose it for you. And they're going to allow the strong parts of your team, whether it's the defense or the running game or what have you, to do what they do and put them in the best position to win. Yeah, and it's incredible to look back on the season. You know, I mentioned they were 1-5, and five and uh, obviously Jamal Charles went down with that knee injury, and everyone wrote off the Chiefs, including myself. I thought they were done and dusted at that point, and they've just been uh, pretty much sensational since with everyone filling in at running back, whether it's West. Uh, and then as well, it has been a disappointing season, I think, for Travis Kelsey, who I was expecting big things from, but a guy who's not getting all the, the plaudits that I think should be getting a lot more talk of. Uh, Jeremy Macklin I think he's had a, a good season for them in his uh, first year with the Chiefs so uh, there's a, a lot of uh, games this week as I mentioned with nothing to play for really so uh, I mentioned teams with uh, coaches maybe on the hot seat and uh, when we talked about the Giants and obviously Chip Kelly's gone there's a lot of other coaches around the NFL that won't be looking forward I don't think to this Monday coming uh, who would you think is uh, really on the hot seat and uh, probably going to be looking for a new job come the end of the season? Well, I think Tom Coughlin certainly is, is among those guys. I mean, you know, he's kind of been just somehow been able to survive year after year for a while now. But I think this is kind of the, the final straw with him. Certainly there's, uh, you know, the, the story that, that came out uh, maybe within the last hour since you and I talked, before you and I talked, that the Colts look like they're going to fire Chuck Pagano. So yeah. it looks like Indianapolis could be looking for uh, a new head coach there as well. Um, I think the other one to keep an eye on, and I'm very curious about it, is what happens in San Francisco. And I, I say this partially as a 49ers fan, but, you know, Jim Tom Sula, uh, you know, I, I don't imagine he is a long-term answer there in yeah. San Francisco, but he seems to be the guy that ownership likes and that, that Trent Baalke, the general manager, likes, maybe because he, you know, very much toes the party line when it comes to some things. 
But I don't think anybody who watches that team on a regular basis believes that Jim Tom Sula is going to be the next Bill Walsh or the next Bill Belichick. I just don't think that's going to be the case. So I think the Niners have a big decision on what to do about their head coaching job this offseason. Yeah, I think he's probably the could be the right man for one more year. I don't think, as you mentioned, I don't think he's a long term answer. They are playing against the Rams this week, and you know the the eight and eight five point five hundred specialist there, uh, Jeff Fisher, <laughs> got a win last week on the road against the Seahawks. That might have just saved his skin for the season but I don't know if the team wants to improve going forward I think maybe they might have to move on we'll see what happens uh, there's a lot of ones I, I kind of pinpointed the Chargers for changes maybe around week five or week six of the season and things just didn't improve for them so I think we might see changes down there there's a, just a lot of ones I can't see the Titans uh, and Wisenhunt sticking together uh, with that relationship and I think maybe Chip Kelly could be the landing spot there it's going to be an interesting one I can't see uh, Dan Campbell holding on with the Dolphins either but there's a lot of ones going around and the one I'm very happy to see that's going be sticking around is Gus Bradley down with the Jaguars Uh, he's been moving the team in the right direction I think he deserves at least one more year to see how they go because I think the development of the young roster that he is there like it is a very young roster and I think it is uh, he's helped improve it immensely I was glad to see him stay on for another season looking through uh, some more uh, kind of looking back at the season um, there's been some waiver wire pickups this year that kind of nobody's seen coming obviously at the start of the year we didn't think much of a lot of these players Um, we kind of there was kind of rumors coming out around uh, the start Tyrod Taylor hadn't even been named the starter at this time but he's had some big games uh, probably picked up off the waiver wire wasn't drafted in any leagues Thomas Rawls was a big star for a couple of weeks the one that uh, surprised me came out of nowhere and has ended up with a three-year contract was Gary Barnage Uh, any other players around the league that you thought could be the waiver wire pickup of the year you know somebody who you slotted in in one year season I know he was actually drafted as well because of Le'Veon Bell suspension but D'Angelo Williams when he's had a chance in the lineup has been pretty sensational if you had him last week you probably won your fantasy championship yeah D'Angelo Williams was one I mean I think you know you look at the, in some leagues Devontae Freeman was let go it looked early <laughs> on like Tevin Coleman was going to be the guy in Atlanta and I think there were teams that that put Devontae Freeman on the waiver wire to get picked up I think uh, another one is Sharkandrick West in Kansas City mm-hmm. who you know after Jamal Charles went down with an injury West stepped in there played really well and even to some extent Spencer Ware who you know stepped in for a week or two when West wasn't that 100% and, and played very good football so yeah it's been this has kind of been the year of the waiver wire pickup especially from the running back position I mean we talked about just just the running back apocalypse there was and yeah. so there were so many guys off the waiver wire that came in and made a huge impact right away yeah and uh, maybe a guy that should be named in there too Kirk Cousins had a, he's basically had a monster five or six weeks and uh, you could have rode him to a championship and with guys like Jordan Reed and so on that are in with him it's been a, a phenomenal little run there uh, speaking of waiver wire pickups I lost the league last week down to a waiver wire pickup and it was uh, down in New Orleans with Tim Hightower 28 points he ended up with in uh, standard scoring and I just uh, <laughs> you know I thought all his other players done pretty much terrible and uh, Tim Hightower takes him over the line lost by two points so that was a surprise <laughs> surprise to me uh, biggest bust of the year we'll probably look at guys like Eddie Lacy you could put a lot of running backs in there on that top side Peyton Manning people thought he was on the decline but probably didn't think it would be this bad this season and you mentioned earlier the Eagles Jordan Matthews a lot of things expected from him I do think we'll see him bounce back next season and uh, I think that team as a whole will probably bounce back next season if it's a case of just uh, they didn't really like the management system um, any other players you would add into that uh, kind of the bust category yeah, I mean, I would I would say in some respects, Calvin Johnson probably was. I mean, yeah, this is a guy who for years, 
Yeah, I mean, for the for years, he was the top wide receiver in fantasy football, and it's it's amazing to me that he had one 100 yard receiving game all year long. I mean, that just that just seems unheard of. I mean, I think you know you you look at uh, Randall Cobb, who when uh, Jordy Nelson went down with an injury, a lot of us expected that Randall Cobb would step in and and kind of you know ease the pain a little yeah. bit of, of what the, the Packers were losing, and and that certainly didn't happen. He was very much a, a disappointment this season. I, I think you know I think Lamar Miller, although I don't know that it's a Hundred percent his fault. It was just frustrating to watch this yeah. team not give him the football on a regular basis. But even still, uh, you know, thanks to attrition and losing so many running backs, Lamar Miller ends the season as a top ten fantasy <laughs> running back. Even though he he didn't really put up very good numbers, yeah. but you know, I think you know, I think when we look back on this year, we'll have to remember that you know a lot of this comes with an asterisk just because there were so many injuries that really threw things off. Yeah, exactly. With him too, it wasn't consistent production. It was you know. 25 points one week two points the next week kind of thing so it was uh, it was frustrating from that point of view comeback player of the year wise you know you've guys like Carson Palmer coming back off the injury I think comeback player of the year as well in the NFL should be at least his uh, you know there's been discussion of him in that MVP race as well but comeback player of the year him you mentioned Doug Martin already who I have owned uh, the last uh, two seasons in a lot of fantasy leagues and I just lost all hope in him after last season and uh, I left him this year, comes back and destroys me. But uh, this year as well, Branton Marshall, was there any bigger uh, in, in actual football, was there any bigger bargain this offseason than uh, the trade with the Jets and the Bears to, to acquire Branton Marshall, the first wide receiver in Jets history to have uh, 100 receptions and uh, broke a lot of their records this year for wide receivers, has had a tremendous season. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that was huge. And, and Brandon Marshall was a guy that, in fantasy terms, I think a lot of us kind of wrote him off just because he was going to the Jets. And, yeah. and they hadn't had that history of having big wide receivers. Plus, at the time, we were concerned about how he would be able to produce with Geno Smith at quarterback. And so, you know, by kind of an un- unfortunate stroke for Geno, you know, he, he gets injured and Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in, takes the job and and does great things with it. And yeah. nobody talks about Geno Smith anymore. And so I think that went a long way toward helping. And it, I think you know, we learned a lot about Brandon Marshall working with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think this is also a year, even though he's not necessarily a comeback player, I think this is the year that Eric Decker earned a lot of respect from yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, I think we were able to kill this idea that Eric Decker was sort of a Peyton Manning creation because he had an outstanding year uh, in in New York this season. I think people started to understand that Eric Decker is a really talented wide receiver. And I think going forward, uh, he'll kind of get that respect that he deserves. I think in a lot of ways, this was this is sort of what we saw from Jordy Nelson a couple years ago, where people started to realize how good Jordy Nelson yeah. was. I think now we're going to talk about Eric Decker the same way. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. And you know, I think he fits into that kind of number two wide receiver role much better than a number one. We're seeing it with Randall Cobb; he fits into that number two role as well. I think it's a similar situation you mentioned with Jordy Nelson as well. Uh, but he's uh, Decker's had a great year, and you know, you mentioned Fitzpatrick. I think going into the season, he's probably the player that might have uh, surprised us the most all around well Kirk Cousins probably wins that award but a a great season from Fitzpatrick something that I don't think we all would have been saying in our preseason predictions Um, you know you're looking then um, at the rookie of the year fantasy wise you have Todd Gurley Jameis Winston Amari Cooper Uh, anyone else you would slot into that category and who do you think was the best this year out of those three yeah, I think I think it's pretty much those three guys, and I think I think the winner is is Todd Gurley in that situation. I mean, just what he did with that Rams team from the moment he stepped on the field was outstanding. He he had that lull, 
kind of in the middle of the season, but then came back strong at the end. And I would expect, you know, for those people still playing in week 17, that he'll have a, a really big finish to the year playing against the 49ers. But I, I don't know that it's close. Um, you know, I'm curious to see next year what happens with Marcus Mariota. He had a really good start to the season and then, you know, kind of fell off a little bit. But uh, I, I think when you're looking at the candidates, it is, it is just those three between Gurley, Winston, and Amari Cooper. Yeah, it's going to be interesting too. With all the injuries this year, looking forward to next year, there's going to be a lot of players that we think, um, you know, oh, that guy, he, he got injured last year. Everyone forgets about him. Or guys that had big years or big finishes to the season. Guys like David Johnson for the Cardinals, how quick they're going to skyrocket up draft boards. There was a couple of breakout players this season. And one of them uh, didn't surprise anybody, I don't think. Well, probably surprised some people who aren't paying that much attention. But Alan Robinson in Jacksonville, there was a lot of hype this offseason around him and he has well and truly delivered uh suppose alan horns as well as uh, you know there was no hype around him and he's delivered too but uh alan robinson a big big season Devontae freeman you mentioned earlier uh you know had a kind of a breakout year as well and then tyler eifert who was coming back off that injury missed most of the last season he's had a, a tremendous season but He's had a couple issues staying healthy this season. Looks like he will play week 17. Devontae Freeman, you know, I said about the running backs, how quickly they can go up and down. And we've seen with CJ Anderson last year, very good season this year, not so much. And we'll see, can he bounce back? Doug Martin, the same thing. Do you, how long can you stick with these guys? Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Devontae Freeman can do it next season, particularly if Kyle Shanahan and that offense is, uh, you know, if he gets a head coaching job somewhere, we'll, uh, we might see a different Devontae Freeman next season. Yeah, we really might. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens in that backfield with Tevin Coleman still there because it yeah. seemed like he was the guy. But Freeman played so well, it was just hard to keep him off the field. Uh, you know, another name you mentioned in Doug Martin. And, and I liked Doug Martin coming into the year. I felt like last year the problems with Doug Martin weren't about Doug Martin. I thought there were a lot of other issues in Tampa, and they seem to fix them now. I don't know that Doug Martin is a you know an RB1 for your fantasy team next year. His numbers may say that, but that, again, is because so many guys were hurt, and that kind of skewed things. But I think as a second running back, as a guy that you're drafting in the middle rounds to use as your second running back, I think he's a really good, uh, really good pickup next year. Um, but I, I still think he's a talented back, and I think as that Buccaneers offense gets better, uh, I think he'll continue to produce. And then Allen Robinson, you talked about that. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, our, uh, my colleague Matt Harmon, who uh, we call him the wide receiver whisperer, uh, he has been there has been no bigger supporter of yeah. Allen Robinson than Matt Harmon, and you know, he, every Sunday. He just he I would say quietly smiles to himself, but every year, his, but every week, his crowing gets a little bit louder every time uh, Allen Robinson scores a touchdown. But uh, even those of us who thought he could be a breakout player, I think we're surprised by how much he did this year. And and I think the sky is the limit right now with that Jacksonville offense between Robinson, Allen Hearns, and Blake Bortles. Yeah, and uh, you know he just he looks like he's going to be a guy in the next three or four years goes on to be one of those you know top six or top seven uh, wide receiver ones uh, in fantasy football. We'll see how that happens. But that there's the fun thing. Uh, well, some people still playing, as we mentioned, but uh, from next week basically forward, it's all about looking forward to next year's uh, fantasy draft again. We get to do it all over again, talk about it all off season, and then uh, talk about it all season again. It's always fun. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, Marcus. Uh, all the listeners can go and follow you on Twitter. It's at Marcus G. That's M A R C A S G. Well worth the follow and follow all his stuff that he's doing on NFL.com. You mightn't uh, know all the stuff he's putting up there, but I guarantee if you're checking on NFL.com, you're reading a hell of a lot of his stuff and uh, it's been a lot of fun having you on hey i appreciate you having me on uh, happy new year you and, uh, and all your listeners and hopefully we'll do this again sometime you're listening to the overtime ireland podcast please follow us on twitter at overtime ireland
So once again, thanks to Marcus for jumping aboard for this show. Enjoyed that there little conversation with him, looking back on the season a little bit. Looking a little bit uh, into what we think is going to happen this week. We mentioned there we didn't go through all the games. There's not a lot of games this week with uh, playoff implications. Pretty much wrapped up. It's, uh, you know, there'll be some seeding moves that'll happen. There'll be some surprise results, of course. Unfortunately, with the NFL, there will be injuries, and that'll shape how the playoffs are going forward. But, uh, you know, some teams down at the bottom there, um, a win could uh, move them away from that number one overall pick. Uh, a loss could put them closer to it. We'll see how that all develops going forward. Uh, Chuck Pagano is playing against the Titans this week, and it uh, looks like he, as we mentioned there, is going to be moving on after uh, this game and uh, Sunday as well. The Saints, another interesting one to keep an eye on, see what happens with Sean Payton there. You know, the, you have as well the Lions. There's a lot of teams around the league, just the coaches won't be sitting with all that confidence uh, in this season fantasy football wise if you have a game in week 17 and i know the one i mentioned at the start of the show i have uh, julio jones and antonio brown and that i'm blessed to have those two wide receivers but when you look at uh, my running backs do not fill you with confidence but one of those is lamar miller on uh, is that a good thing or a bad thing as we just talked about there uh, but he will be getting the start for me so hopefully miller gets a couple of yards this week and maybe a score but um, then the other players i mentioned brown he is uh, playing this week against the cleveland browns and uh, he should have a big matchup this week uh, i'm really really pinning my hopes on the two of those guys uh, helping me get back into it nine points behind with uh, this game to go obviously so he's playing the Browns I expect the Steelers to win that game and him to have a big day and then uh, the Falcons against the Saints the Saints letting up uh, monster yards this season uh, basically against everyone Julio Jones last week with a big game against the Panthers I expect him to have quite a monster game in this one and uh, wouldn't be surprised to see him get two scores in it but I think he uh, has around 1,700 yards for the season. Can't see him getting 300 in this one, but he is going to be very close at the end of it all to a 2,000-yard season, a huge season for him. So the key games this week, as I mentioned, uh, the Jets-Bills, going to be a big one to watch. Then the seeding games, you know, the likes of the Patriots game, the Bengals game, the Broncos. We'll see how that all shakes out. Uh, the Panthers this week, you know, they lost last week. Can't see them losing again. I could see them putting a lot of pain on this Buccaneers team. We mentioned with the Patriots, maybe resting players in the second half. I think you could see the same with the Panthers in that one. A game that could have had huge potential at the start of the season. Seahawks-Cardinals week 17, but... Uh, just the the seedings again all that is left to play for at this point so i'm hoping the packers get the win this week and looking forward uh, to coming back next week and we'll know exactly what the playoff picture is and we'll be just talking purely playoffs now for the next couple of weeks Uh, looking forward to it but of course, I mentioned at the start of the, the show, Happy New Year to all the listeners. Hopefully, we're in for a big year here at OTI going forward. We've had a great run of guests over the last, I would say, two and a half months. Just a phenomenal run with a lot of great guys on to talk football. Very, very knowledgeable, and it's been really, really enjoyable. So hopefully, we can continue that run in to 2016 and all the way through it. And of course, until I'm back at the start of next week, uh, recapping the games. Well, not all the games, probably it'll be a similar situation to this. It'll be talking about the games that really, really mattered well, know who is the first overall pick we'll know who uh, is in the playoffs for definite although we already almost know all of that and we'll be really uh, picking who we think's going forward to win the super bowl so it should be a fun couple of weeks here going forward and until i'm back with that show of course happy new year and have a good one thank you for listening to the overtime ireland american football podcast please follow us on twitter at overtime ireland Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.